latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be out with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is Thursday, April the 28th, 2022. Today's my sister's birthday. Happy birthday, sister. 50 years old. Praise be to God. Glad I'm not 50. Just saying. She's the <laughs> older sister. At any rate, praise be to God. Good morning. We're going to have a great conversation this hour with attorney Mike Berry from First Liberty. We had him on, I don't know four or five months-ish ago, uh, he was talking about uh, representing the Navy SEALs against the VAX mandates. So we're looking forward to having him back. But we're not going to really follow up on that story as much as we're going to talk about Coach Joe Kennedy, who was fired for 15 seconds worth of silent prayer. He was fired from his job coaching high school football. Well, his case has come before the Supreme Court and we're going to catch up on that story coming up at 35 past the hour. Hey, Border Patrol agents rescue 40 illegal immigrants trapped in a metal box. I saw another one yesterday of uh, immigrants packed into a sealed, nailed shut wooden box. So praise be to God for our Border Patrol trying to save lives. A uh, federal court dismisses all challenges to Texas abortion law. Praise be to Jesus. That's awesome. And gas prices hover at record highs as feds block portions of Alaska from being drilled for oil because we can continue to just buy it from foreigners. There you go. That and other good news in the stories. Rudy, what do you got on your radar? Well, uh, lots of good stuff here. Uh, There happens to be a story where you might have to to go into the kitchen, pull out some tin foil, Mm -hmm. wrap it around your head. Oh, I see. And then... It's got to be a YouTube video tutorial or something I can look at. There's got to be one, right? Yeah. And... You'll know when I get to it. And then <laughs> afterwards, obvious. yeah, afterwards, obvious. you take off your tinfoil hat, put okay. it away. You don't need it anymore. Well, I don't know. We may need it ours maybe. more frequently. Well, it may well, be just, something. You know, I did get a hat. It's not a tinfoil hat, but maybe I, maybe I should have a tinfoil hat just on standby over here. I, I can make one for you. I think we need them. I think it'll be a good thing. <laughs> Speaking of needing tinfoil hats, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? It is good to be here. Praise be to God. I am excited because it is St. Louis de Mumford's feast day today. Wow. So if you uh, have not been praying the rosary, you should pray the rosary today. And if you've never prayed the fiery prayer by St. Louis de Mumford, I would highly look up Mm -hmm. the fiery prayer Mm -hmm. by St. Louis de Mumford and pray that today. It's a pretty long prayer, though, so you can't just do it in like a minute. It's going to take you a couple minutes, so set aside five minutes, maybe ten, and uh, sit down and pray the fiery prayer today. Fiery prayer, praise be to God. Well, we have a lot of great stories to get into, but before I uh, jump into that stuff, I want to remind you that uh, thanks to the generosity of uh, Mike, our friend from Virginia, the Rick Wall, we lovingly call him, he's one of our uh, CDT Insider members, uh, he and... Uh, Agard watches have collaborated together to give us the opportunity to give you possibly a $300 watch, praise be to God, or I suppose you could buy two $150 watches because it's a gift certificate from Agard watches, which we interviewed their CEO this week. Uh, I think it was on Monday, right? When did we interview him? Monday? Uh, I think that was last week. Was it last week? See, the time is flying so <laughs> yeah, fast. Time is flying really but we interviewed uh, Mr. Shurlovich oh, no, it was Monday. On, uh, on Monday about uh, his campaign to uh, 
to push back against woke culture, and Agard has given us a beautiful opportunity to give away a prize, a $300 worth of his uh, watches. And so we're going to do that, and I'm going to send the instructions on how you could possibly win a chance to have your name pulled out of the coffee cup of Divine Providence and win this $300 gift certificate from Agard Watches via our email list. So you're going to want to be on our CDT Insider email list to get in on this action. You can get a men's watch, you can get a woman's watch. I mean, you got options here. It could be pretty fun and awesome. So go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT to sign up to the CDT Insider email list to make sure you're on the list so that you can get the instructions so that you know what to do to possibly win a very cool gift certificate from Agard Watches. Praise be to Jesus. All right, we're going to dive in. We're going to pray. And we're going to get started. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come. Before thee I stand sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning into Catholic Drive Time. Today is Thursday, April 28th, and these are your headlines. Are you ready with your tinfoil hat? Epic Times reports fires at food processing facilities raise concerns. A small plane crashed at a General Mills food processing complex in Covington, Georgia. The plane collided into four trailers in an isolated area several hundred, uh, seven, several hundred yards away from the, the plant, killing the pilot and passenger but leaving the General Mills employees unscathed. Taken into isolation, the incident is unremarkable except for the personal tragedy of the two fatalities involved. However, the incident is eerily similar to a plane crash that happened just days earlier on April 13th, when a plane crashed into an Idaho potato and food processing plant. Some observers have gone further and connected these events with recent anecdotes of fires and other accidents at multiple other food processing facilities, raising concerns that such accidents could cause major problems to food industry supply chains already under significant duress. Breitbart reports minister greeted by Allahu Akbar in prison visit as reports find Islamist inmates running amok. Islamists are reportedly running a riot within Britain's prison system. Radical Muslims have even become so powerful as to be able to hold their own Sharia courts behind bars, with floggings reportedly being conducted as punishment for rule breakers. Their status quo is somehow maintained, according to the report, with insincere allegations of racism and Islamophobia, directed towards staff who attempt to intervene, who often back down for fear of being labeled a bigot. The Daily Wire reports, is federal, federal censorship coming? Biden administration creating disinformation governance board. President Biden's Department of Homeland Security is reportedly working to create a disinformation governance board to counter what they determine to be false information relating to national security. In 2020, Twitter and others took extra efforts to censor the Hunter Biden laptop story, citing national security threats. Biden's disinformation governance board could use every tool at the government's disposal by working with big tech to censor future stories they incorrectly deem to be a threat to American democracy. And Justin News reports subpoenas formally issued for evidence in Georgia ballot trafficking case. Georgia's election regulators have issued four subpoenas demanding the identity of a John Doe whistleblower and other evidence concerning an alleged ballot trafficking operation in the 2020 election. 
delivered late last week to the election integrity watchdog True the Vote. The subpoenas seek evidence that backs up the group's complaint as met that as many as 242 people illegally gathered third-party ballots during the battleground state's November 2020 election and the subsequent U.S. Senate races. Now, for more information on this story, visit our YouTube page and listen to our interview with Mrs. Engelbrecht from True the Vote. That was from Friday of last week. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. The saint of the day is St. Louis de Mumford, the great promoter of the Blessed Virgin. He was a missionary in Brittany in the Vendée. He was born at Munford on the 31st of January, 1673. And from his childhood, he was indefatigable, devoted to prayer before the Blessed Sacrament. And when, from his 12th year, he was sent as a day pupil to the Jesuit College at Rennes, he never failed to visit the church before and after class. At the age of 19, he went on foot to Paris to follow the course in theology, and he gave away on the journey all of his money to the poor and exchanged clothing with them and made a vow to subsist thenceforth on alms alone. He was ordained a priest at the age of 27 and for some time fulfilled the duties of chaplain in a hospital. In 1705, when he was 32, he found his true vocation and thereafter devoted himself to preaching to the people. During 17 years, he preached the gospel in countless towns and villages, and as an orator, he was highly gifted, his language being simple but replete with fire and divine love. It often happened that the Jansenists, irritated by his success, secured by, by their intrigues, his banishment form, uh, formed the district. And when he was given a mission at La Roche, some wretches put poison into his cup of broth. And despite the antidote which he swallowed, his health was always impaired. On another occasion, some malefactors hid in a narrow street with the intention of assassinating him. But he had a, pres a presentiment of danger and escaped by going by another street. A year before his death, Father de Mumford founded two congregations, the Sisters of Wisdom, who were to devote themselves to hospital work and the instruction of poor girls, and the Company of Mary, composed of missionaries. But the blessed founder, who had on several occasions shown himself possessed of the, of the gift of prophecy, knew that the tree would grow. Munford is known for his particular devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary and the practice of praying the rosary. He often ended his letters with a salutation to the guardian angel of the person to whom he was writing, saying, quote, I salute your guardian angel. He also saluted all the angels in the city of Nantes, a custom that it appears he repeated when he entered a new village or city. In November 1700, he entered the Third Order Dominicans and asked permission not only to preach the rosary, but also to form rosary confraternities. If priests and religious have an obligation to meditate on the great truths of our holy religion in order to live up to their vocation worthily, the same obligation then is just as much incumbent upon the laity because of the fact that every day they meet with spiritual dangers which might make them lose their souls. Therefore, they should arm themselves with the frequent meditation of the life, virtues, and sufferings of our blessed Lord, which are so beautifully contained in the 15 mysteries of the Holy Rosary. He died on the 28th of April, 1716, and was canonized by Pius XII in 1947. St. Louis de Montfort, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The Gospel today comes to us from John chapter 3, verses 31 through 36. The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of earthly things. But the one who comes from heaven is above all. 
He testifies to what he has seen and heard, but no one accepts his testimony. Whoever does accept his testimony certifies that God is trustworthy, for the one whom God sent speaks the words of God. He does not ration his gift of the Spirit. The Father loves the Son and has given everything over to Him. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever disobeys the Son will not see life. But the wrath of God remains upon Him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Pop quiz. Pop quiz, are you ready? Can you answer this question? Uh, no, there are no prizes at stake, but uh, just pop quiz. Who said this verse? Who said this passage? Whose voice was this that was just speaking in John chapter 3? I bet if all you did was pull out your missile or just pull out the app on your phone and you read this today, you might miss this point. And I think it's interesting. Uh, this was John's voice. This was John the Baptist speaking, not our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This was John himself. Chrysostom would say, And yet he was not altogether of the earth, for he had a soul and partook of a spirit which was not of the earth. What means he then by saying that he is of the earth? Only to express his own worthlessness, that he is one born of the earth, creeping on the ground and not to be compared with Christ who cometh from above. Chrysostom would go on to say, but we must not think that even a right belief on Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is sufficient for salvation, for we have need of a good life and, con and a conversion. Knowing then that the greater part are not moved so much by the promise of good as by the threat of punishment, he concludes, but he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth upon him. Even Bede, the Venerable Bede, would say, We must understand here not a faith in words only, but a faith which is developed in works. Close quote, the Venerable Bede, pray for us. I love the contrast between John and Jesus, Ignatius Catholic Commentary said, a contrast between the earthly origin and ministry of John the Baptist and the heavenly origin and ministry of Jesus Christ. And it is the bridegroom of Jesus that John the Baptist stands in place of. It is a fascinating look when you dive a little deeper under the surface, surface and you see what John the Baptist was trying to do to prepare us for salvation itself to make a very contrasted decision for life or for death, heaven or hell, because many souls will go there because they will not choose life. We'll be right back. Some atheistic scientists claim we don't need God to explain the universe because science is sufficient to get the job done. But is this true? The answer is no, and here's the reason. Science could never negate the need for God because it can't give an exhaustive explanation of the universe. First, it relies on the inductive method in order to validate its hypotheses. As such, scientists can never be certain they've discovered every piece of data necessary to give a complete explanation. They must always be open to discovering something new that could alter their current theory. Furthermore, science presupposes an existing universe to observe and explain. Thus, it could never explain why the universe exists in the first place rather than not. Science has explanatory power, but not enough power to negate the need for God. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers. 
Catholic.com. Men, it's time. The Men's March to End Abortion and Rally for Personhood is Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, from 12 to 3 p.m. in Tallahassee, Florida. Men gather at 12 p.m. for the march. All women, children, and families join us for the 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. You are needed. Every life matters. Join us on June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be out with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Coming up at uh, 35 past the hour, attorney Michael Berry is going to be our guest from First Liberty. We're going to be talking about uh, a coach who was fired for 15 seconds of private silent prayer after a football game. And uh, he's now been uh, out of work for, or out of the coaching business for seven years. But his case has come before the Supreme Court, and we're going to get an update on that and discuss that with attorney Michael Berry from First Liberty coming up at 35 past the hour. So stick around for that if you can and share us with a friend. That would be amazing. And uh, don't forget, real quick, that $300 gift certificate from uh, Egard Watches and our friend Mike from Virginia are giving away $300 potential uh, watch. Could be to you. You could do two 150s or whatever you like if you win. But to win, you got to be on the email list. I'll send the instructions through the email list. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT to sign up to the CDT Insider email list. And you will get the instructions, too. Praise be to God. There are, as I say, several stories in the news that are of great concern to me, and I'm sure they are to you. Now, you might recall that we covered a story, Adrian, it was February? I think it was February, when the FSSP uh, superior went to Rome to, to meet with His Holiness Pope Francis to discuss the motto proprio traditionis custodis and what this will mean for the priestly fraternity of St. Peter. And potentially what it means for the other Ecclesia Day communities. Uh, but here's an article as a follow-up to that, because you might recall that Pope Francis gave his personal guarantee that life would go on, just as they've always known it at the FSSB. And we were, got all, we were all very excited. I was very excited, because I attend an FSSB, so this, uh, this affects me and my family. So, But here's another article out of LifeSite News. The headline goes, Pope insists traditionalist FSSP priest must celebrate new rite chrism mass, French Archbishop. What's the article? Let's read a little bit here. It says, a French Archbishop reported that Pope Francis wants priests devoted to the traditional Latin mass to celebrate the new rite at least once a year. According to an article published in French magazine last Thursday, Pope Francis received the leadership of the French Bishops' Conference in Rome just a few weeks after their spring plenary assembly in Lourdes. On this occasion, the topic of the controversial motto proprio traditionis custodis, with which the pontiff imposed severe restrictions on the celebration of the TLM, or the traditional Latin Mass, was brought to the table so that Pope Francis could clarify certain points. According to bishops at the meeting, the Pope began by recalling emphatically that the decree of February the 11th, according to which priests of the priestly fraternity of St. Peter, FSSP, are not affected by the restrictions of the motto proprio and may continue to celebrate Mass according to the Roman Missal of 1962, and it came from him. Immediately afterwards, however, 
Pope Francis emphasized the second paragraph of this decree, which states that the FSSP priests, quote, may use this faculty in their own churches or oratories, close quote, only, and that otherwise the 1962 missile, quote, may only be used with the consent of the ordinary of the place, in other words, the bishop, except for the celebration of private masses, close quote. According to Monsignor uh, Moulins Beaufort, the Archbishop of Reims, and the head of the French Bishops' Conference, Francis also insisted that all priests, regardless of their affili affiliation, must celebrate at the annual Chrism Mass, which is a big point, point of contention for traditional communities. The article goes on to say, quote, he was very insistent that priests can celebrate at least the Chrism Mass, close quote, de Moulins Beaufort said. The Chrism Mass takes place during Holy Week and is an occasion for the priests of a diocese to renew their promise to their local bishop and to manifest the unity of the Catholic Church. From this, it appears that Pope Francis sees participation to the Chrism Mass as an obligation for priests, an idea that seems to clash with Canon 902 of the Code of Canon Law, as was pointed out in an article by German Catholic news outlet Catholicis.info. Canon 902 states that every priest retains the right to exercise his freedom to celebrate the Eucharist individually. Quote, unless the benefit, <clears throat> unless the benefit of Christ's faithful requires or suggests otherwise, priests may can celebrate the Eucharist. They are, however, fully entitled to celebrate the Eucharist individually, but not while a celebration is taking place in the same church or oratory, close quote, it states. The Pope's alleged uh, insistence on concelebration at the Chrism Mass during his meeting with the French bishops appear to validate the actions of the now emeritus Archbishop uh, Roland Minareth of Dijon, the unceremoniously who unceremoniously evicted the FSSP from his diocese last year, arguing that some of its priests refused to concelebrate at the Chrism Mass. Since the publication of the Moto Proprio Traditionis Custodis last July, a great deal of confusion still remains as to how the decree applies. Its interpretation and application often depend upon the personal disposition of a given local bishop toward the TLM. In the Diocese of Rome, for instance, the two decrees now in place contradict each other. On October the 7th, 2021, Cardinal Vicar Angelo Di Donatus issued a decree banning the faithful from attending the Easter Triduum in the traditional rite in the personal parish of the Fraternity of St. Peter. This seems to contradict Pope Francis's own decree February 11th, exempting the FSSP from restrictions. This year, the FSSP in Rome interpreted the Pope's decree as superior and celebrated the Easter Triduum according to the old rite of the Church, of, uh, uh, of, according to the Catholicist.info and their report. Another point that remains to be clarified is the fate of other Ecclesia Dei communities, such as the Institute of Christ the King and the Institute of the Good Shepherd. So far, Pope Francis has given no indication that he intends to extend his February 11th exemption to these communities. These were not discussed at the meeting between France, Francis and the French bishops. <clears throat> So, very interesting turn of events here. Uh, a clear contradiction. I mean, what is the deal? Is, uh, is Pope Francis's February decree good? 
uh, or, or is it sometimes good and sometimes not okay? I mean, ultimately, the priests of the FSSP, as well as those of the other Ecclesia Dei communities, they have a charism. And we are asking them to change their charism, their religious communities. And their charism is the traditional forms of piety uh, of the Catholic faith. And I go back to what I've said now a bunch of times when we talk about this issue on the show. If, uh, if you are in the camp that says, I've never been to a TLM and I never care to, and I don't understand why these traditionalists can't seem to get their act together and be all in the same, you know, on the same page with us and be of the same mind and, this, and everything else, the same uh, liturgy, etc., etc. Well, let me ask you a question. If you fall into that camp, would you uh, would you like to change what uh, the Metropolitan of the Greek Orthodox Church Bartholomew does? Would you like to make him say the Novus Ordo? I'm just curious. Would you want him to cease and desist their divine liturgy to say the Novus Ordo in order to be the same, on the same page as His Holiness Pope Francis, Vicar of Christ on Earth? How about uh, how about Krill in Moscow? Would you want him to cease and desist the 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 tradition and patrimony of the of the uh, Russian Orthodox in order to say a Novus Ordo, in order to be on the same page as as His Holiness Pope Francis, Vicar of Christ on Earth? How about the Maronites, the Byzantines, the Coptics? I mean, I could go on and on and on. I mean, would we take away the traditional form of the Dominican liturgy? That they've enjoyed now for many, many centuries? Would we, would we take that from them just because we all must be on the same page from a liturgical standpoint? I mean, I guess that means the Anglicans have to get on board too, right? You see what I'm saying? You see where I'm going with this? Why is it if we're going to allow those priests under those other rites to enjoy their traditions, their patrimonies, the smells and bells of centuries of faithful through blood, sweat and tears and martyrdom and living and grinding the faith day in and day out, why would we take all that away just because we want to, like a sledgehammer, force this thing in a, a square peg into a round hole? Why would we do that? Does they make any sense? Does it pass the smell test? But Joe, it's just the chrism mass. It's just once a year. You are asking them to compromise their vocation. You're asking them to compromise their religious life. You're saying your religious life doesn't matter. You coming and doing what we're asking you to do matters more. Now, here's the kicker, though, in all of this conversation. Can you give me some great examples of FSSP priests who are just really out there rocking the boat, really out there being a thorn in the side of the local arch local bishop? I'm 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 waiting. I'll, I'll, I'm right here. Go ahead. I'm listening. You know, you might find an example, maybe two, possibly, but that's it. And 99.9 percent of all FSSP priests aren't rocking the boats. They aren't upsetting the apple cart. They aren't a thorn in the side of the local archbishop or bishop. They aren't causing trouble. They aren't preaching crazy stuff from the pulpit. They're saying the mass. They're giving the local faithful who want and desire more of the Catholic faith, not less, the opportunity to enjoy the traditions and patrimony of the Catholic faith that goes back 1,600 years or more. Why would we throw out 1,600 years of the depth, richness, and beauty of the life of the Catholic faith 
You want connection? How about the connection that goes back to the early church? A connection, a deep, intimate, and personal connection with the martyrs and the great saints. To attend the Holy Mass of St. Maximilian Kolbe, let alone St. Teresa Bavila, St. John Chrysostom. How about uh, Cornelius Lapide? You know, we can go on and on. Ignatius of Loyola. Ignatius of Loyola celebrated this incredible liturgy. And yet we're going to toss all of that away? Why? We're going to force these priests to, to compromise their religious life? Just because we, we want to ensure that they're being obedient? They are obedient. I, I, I double-dog dare you to check me on that. They are obedient in this. But ultimately, I don't know. I'm not in charge, and my opinion counts for very, uh, for very little in life. So take this with a grain of salt. But if you were an FSSB priest and you had to choose what, uh, what you're being told here, but one of the so contradicting decrees, well... The Pope's decree is superior, so I guess I'm going to go with that one. It kind of reminds me of when I served in the Marine Corps, and you had to learn your general orders. We had to memorize them in boot camp, and we would be quizzed. We'd be standing guard in the middle of the night, and you know, uh, some sneaky little DI would, would come out of the darkness and the shadows and then pop quiz you on your general orders, and you always had to follow the last uh, legitimate order that you had received. Well, when you get a decree from the Pope the vicar of Christ on earth, that gives you permission to live your religious life the way you were founded? Well, I guess that's that. It's the wild card. It trumps just about everything now, doesn't it? So there's an agenda here, and it's really not about obedience. It's more than that. Let's pray for a peaceful, peaceful resolution in the body of Christ. We put those agendas to the side, and we just embrace the Catholic faith. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Coach Kennedy's coming up next. Men, it's time. Moral relativism is growing and the soul of our nation is at stake. Nowhere is it more manifestly obvious than with the daily ongoing mass murder of abortion. As leaders, protectors, and providers, we must go first. In facing reality, taking responsibility, repenting for what we've done and haven't done, and resolving to do more. The opportunity is before us on Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day in Tallahassee, Florida. We'll be gathering at 12 p.m. and embarking on a four-mile march of prayer and sacrifice that will culminate in a 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. We welcome all women, children, and families to join us in standing up for the personhood of the preborn at the 2 p.m. rally. We're also hoping Governor Ron DeSantis will join us and assure us that he will lead on life. Join us June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to the Men's March from the University of Dallas and as seen on EWTN. What can I do that is the definite service that God wants me to give to the world? Think of the, the challenges that we have coming from our culture. We really need the virtue of courage. Are you ready to put yourself into the hazard? Are you ready to say yes to the call? Are you ready to be a witness to love? The Quest. All episodes streaming now at quest.udallas.edu. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired, and now more headlines. Breitbart reports bankers reportedly seek to flee Shanghai amid lockdown. A lobbying financial group urged Shanghai officials to allow hundreds of exhausted financial industry employees to go home after weeks of being forced to live in their offices due to China's zero-COVID policy. 
Not knowing how long this outbreak will last or if future outbreaks might lead to additional lockdowns, we seek solutions for rotational support to help build a sustainable model and to promote stability of the financial markets, they said, suggesting it is aware that some of the members are pulling out of Shanghai because they fear the lockdown nightmare could happen again. The Daily Wire reports, by conservatives, for conservatives. New credit card offers alternative to Americans fed up with woke businesses. Coin, a new Visa credit card, has launched. Every time a Coin cardholder makes a purchase, that cardholder will earn cashback rewards, the new company said in a press release. From the merchant's fee, Coin will also contribute to charities that support conservative values. The company said it is pushing back against mainstream banks, credit card companies, and corporations pursuing far-left agendas that have not invested or supported their conservative customers' views. The Washington Examiner reports Republicans see surge in Twitter followers after Musk takeover, and some Democrats uh, see a, a surge down. After the acquisition of the social media platform by Elon Musk, several accounts report losing thousands of followers, while some have seen a sudden surge. The company announced it has seen an organic mass departure of users, as well as a boon of new accounts since the takeover earlier this week. And the Chicago Tribune reports a 15-year-old Latin school student died by suicide after relentless bullying, a lawsuit alleges, while the school turned a blind eye. A 15-year-old student at the Latin school, Latin school of Chicago was tormented on a regular basis by students at the prestigious school until he died by suicide in January. A student at the school whose parents are named in the suit spread false rumors that the boy was unvaccinated, the suit alleges and was told by a teacher in front of the class that he was going nowhere in life. The bullying escalated to the point where the kids were harassing him on social media, telling him to kill himself. The mother of the child notified the school employees about the bullying several times, but the school dismissed her concerns as family issues. In November and October alone, she contacted Latin more than 30 times. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, uh, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. What a sad story that is. What an insane and sad story. Yeah. Let's pray for the repose of their soul and for an end to, uh, to that kind of thing. Golly, Jesus, it gets me going. All right. We're joining us right now by a telephone is attorney Mike Berry of First Liberty. Uh, it's a great uh, case that First Liberty is representing Coach Joe Kennedy, a guy who was fired from his job coaching high school football because of 15 seconds of silent prayer. And uh, to give us the story, uh, Attorney Mike Barry joins us now. Good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Semper Fi. It's good to have you back on. We we talked to you several months back about your representing Navy SEALs and other members of the military in the vaccination mandate case. Uh, real quick, uh, how did that turn out? Well, the case is still ongoing. Um, you know, we won in the lower court, and the Department of Justice has appealed, so we're now in the Court of Appeals, uh, just one step below the Supreme Court, which is obviously what we're talking about this morning, right? Another Supreme Court case. Yeah. It is kind of a crazy thing to think 15 seconds can determine your life and your future, but uh, maybe you can give us the backstory. Yeah, I mean, you know, Coach Kennedy, uh, speaking of, of, of military and Semper Fi, he also served in the Marines for 20 years. Um, he retired as a Marine, and that's what led him to become a football coach back in his hometown of Bremerton, Washington. He did that for about eight years, um, and after every game, he made a commitment to God that he was going to give thanks for the opportunity to be a coach. He prayed. Uh, initially, it started as him by himself, mm. but then later on, some of his players began to ask him whether they were allowed to pray with him or, or, or 
pray near him? And uh, his answer was a you know classic Coach Kennedy response, which is it's a free country. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> um, uh, at least that's what he thought because, you know, the school district got involved when they found out what he was doing. They investigated, and even though their investigation uh, revealed no evidence that any player had ever been coerced or forced to participate, and there were no complaints ever in his entire eight years of doing this, they told him that he had to stop because they were worried that, uh, in their words, they said that, that any visibly demonstrative religious conduct that could be viewed by people in the in the audience, right, um, they might think that the government was formally establishing religion by, by allowing that, which I know sounds ridiculous, but that's what happens when, you know, school district lawyers get involved. You know, it's the first thing yeah. I think about every time I see a coach uh, making some sort of religious gesture. The government is really oppressing me now every single yeah, time. That, exactly. And so, um, you know, and, and, and the real irony here is, you know, coach himself has told the story many times now about he grew up, he had a pretty rough upbringing, um, spent most of his youth in, in foster homes and group homes, got kicked out of more schools than he than that he can recall. And he said, he, you know, by his own admission, he was a pretty bad kid, you know, caused a lot of trouble. And he said, but for so of all the things for him to get fired for, he thinks it's pretty funny that it was for praying. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and so uh, but that but that's what he got fired for was he at the end of the day, ultimately, what led to his firing was he said, look, I don't I, I don't want to pray with anybody else. I want to pray by myself. I will do it in a time and a place and a manner. When the students, their their post-game tradition is they would shake hands with the other team or high-five the other team, and then they would go to the stands and sing the fight song. He hmm. said, I'll do it then so that there's no way they can be near me, right? They're over in the stands singing the fight song. All the focus is on them. None of the focus is on me. I'll kneel for 15 to 30 seconds. You won't even hear me. You barely see me, and I'll just give thanks, and we'll be done. And the school district said, if you do it, you're fired. So that's what happened. We wow. sued. Went all the way, you know, went through the Ninth Circuit, uh, up to the Supreme Court, and on uh, on Monday of this week, the court heard arguments in the case, and I would say, based on the way the arguments went, um, we're cautiously optimistic. I I'm going to predict that we'll win. You know, what the margin will be uh, could be 6-3, could be 5-4. At the end of the day, just like in football, you just need more than the other side has at the, when, when, the, when the clock hits zero. You know, it's uh, it's it's funny to think about. You know, some of the Supreme Court justices asked uh, some hypothetical hypothetical questions earlier this week, and uh, one of those questions was, you know, would this even be a thing if he was standing up for uh, climate change, supposed climate change, or anything else? You know, and it's it's insane to think about that a, a, a coach just taking a few minutes or a few seconds to pray is is so scandalous. What what do you think about that? You know, it, it's really interesting, and, and Justice Thomas also asked the question about what if what if he, instead of praying, he decided he wanted to kneel and protest during the national anthem. <laughs> right. and, We've seen that uh, before. I thought that was, a, yeah, an interesting hypothetical because, now, it didn't, didn't happen at the Supreme Court, but when we were at the lower court, um, we actually had a friend of the court brief that was submitted by two local football coaches from the Seattle area, and they submitted this friend of the court brief saying that their practice, at least when it was still kind of a thing to do this, is during when, when their students, when the, when the athletes would kneel to protest uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, in support of the Black Lives Matter movement during the national anthem, they kneeled with their players, right? Mm -hmm. So they were with their players, 
doing you know a form of political expression and during the national anthem and they said nobody said a word to us everybody said, in fact everybody said oh this is so great that the, the coaches are behind their players and they're doing this with their players and they said well if we have the right to kneel in protest then surely he has the right to kneel in prayer if, especially if he's doing it in a way where he's not with his players right we kneeled with our players he's kneeling you know alone why doesn't he have the right to do that and so uh to me i mean I, you know unfortunately they that that brief didn't get filed at the supreme court level but it did get filed at the lower court level and and and, and you know and i and i think that's exactly right that you don't have to agree with why they're kneeling in protest but you can agree we can all agree that they should have the right to do that and if they have the right to do that then coach kennedy should have the right to to kneel in prayer and you know the other side tried to make this all about well, the students might feel pressured or coerced. And, and once again, we go back to you can create any crazy hypothetical you want. At the end of the day, the school district itself did the investigation. And the school district itself was the one that said, yeah, there was never any evidence that anyone felt pressured or coerced. There was never any evidence that people complained. So, um, you know, you, you look, you got to you got to rule the, the cases based on the facts that, that are before you. In fact, one of the justices said to the opposing counsel at one point, let's assume the facts of this case are what the facts of this case actually are, right? So in other words, let's, let's quit making up all these crazy hypotheticals and let's just go off of what was this case actually about. Mm. And I think that was a pretty telling comment by one of the justices. When do you expect to receive the ruling? Um, you know, the, the big blockbuster decisions, the court usually holds in reserve until the very last week, which is the last week of June. So that's what we're anticipating. This is going to be one of the three biggest uh, headline-grabbing cases of the year, of the term, that is. So uh, probably the end of June, So, which actually isn't that far away. No, it's right around the corner, a uh, month, month and a half, two months away now. Uh, but that's going to happen at the same time, then, as the Roe v. Wade case. Yeah, Dobbs. That's the case you're referring to. Is, yeah. is, is the uh, the the uh, abortion bill out of Mississippi, and then there's a big a big Second Amendment case as well out of New York. So that's uh, that's going to be earth shattering. You're you're going to get this decision when the earth is in great turmoil. That's going to be very interesting. Yeah. How do you see that? Um. Oh, hold that thought. Mean, hold that thought, and I put a pause there because uh, I want you. I want to get your response to that. On the other side of this very quick break, Attorney Mike Berry is our guest from First Liberty, and they are representing Coach Joe Kennedy, as we've been discussing. We're going to talk about more about this. Plus, uh, I want to get uh, Attorney Berry's uh, comments or thoughts and uh, impressions on the Supreme Court with the new justices and what's coming down the pipe. All that coming up after this very quick break. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. Hi, this is Walter Crawford with Homeschool Connections, a proud sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please save the date for this year's The Catholic Homeschool Conference. It's virtual, so you can attend from the comfort of your own home or from an in-person watch party in your local community. It's Friday, June 10th and Saturday, June 11th. Our theme this year is empowering you to homeschool joyfully. May God continue to bless your homeschool journey. More information is available at catholichomeschoolconference.com. Men, it's time. Moral relativism is growing and the soul of our nation is at stake. Nowhere is it more manifestly obvious than with the daily ongoing mass murder of abortion. As leaders, protectors, and providers, we must go first. In facing reality, 
taking responsibility, repenting for what we've done and haven't done, and resolving to do more. The opportunity is before us on Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day, in Tallahassee, Florida. We'll be gathering at 12 p.m. and embarking on a four-mile march of prayer and sacrifice that will culminate in a 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. We welcome all women, children, and families to join us in standing up for the personhood of the preborn at the 2 p.m. rally. We're also hoping Governor Ron DeSantis will join us and assure us that he will lead on life. Join us June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. Be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Attorney Mike Berry from First Liberty is our guest. We're talking about the Coach Joe Kennedy case before the Supreme Court. They just gave oral arguments just the other day, and they're expecting uh, the the, uh, the ruling come down at the end of June. Uh, Attorney Mike Berry, welcome back to the program. Uh, it just seems to me like that's going to be a huge day. When they release these rulings, especially with the Dobbs case, the Roe v. Wade being potentially overturned, do you? Want, I'm just curious. Do you think is this First Liberty is First Liberty at all worried that that might get swallowed up in the in the in the news cycle of that and porch porch coach coach porch? How do you see that? Oh no, I mean you know, look at the end of the day, if, if, a win is a win. You know, if you win your case at the Supreme Court, um, that's ultimately what we want for coach and first liberty will be thrilled right that after seven years of, of of fighting for his first amendment rights and so if you know if the Dobbs decision comes down and hopefully that's a good decision um that then that'll just be that'll be the icing on the cake right two great decisions in the same week or the same day and then you've got another case on the second amendment so this year is going to be quite the doozy you know you've got a pro-life case a religious liberty case and a second amendment case all potentially coming out on the same day or at least the same you know same week or so and, and then let's not forget um, Justice Breyer just heard his last oral argument of his career most likely you know more than likely I mean unless something weird happens and he decides to to withdraw his retirement uh, so we're gonna have a new justice as mm-hmm. well and so that's gonna be all the buzz um, so these are I mean these are fascinating times at this at the Supreme Court if if you know if you're somebody who pays close attention to the court because you've got three blockbuster cases and a new justice to talk about, I mean there's there's going to be a lot to talk about for the entire summer. Now, if, unless I'm mistaken about this, doesn't the Supreme Court generally, traditionally, side with religious institution on religious liberty cases? Religious liberty has an incredible incredible uh, track record at the Supreme Court when the case is just purely a religious liberty case, right? So, um, you know, when there are other issues that are overlapping, things get a little more complicated, but, uh, but you're right. And, and I think there's a reason for that. I think even the progressive justices have to acknowledge that religious liberty has a, a, a really a cherished and special place in our nation's constitutional order, right? I mean, it, it's in the First Amendment, and it's actually the first clause of the First Amendment, right? The religion clauses. And you go all the way back to the founding of our country, and all of the, and, and many, many de- uh, decisions from the Supreme Court since then, and uh, almost every single one of them, with very few exceptions, 
protects religious liberty. And that's because anybody who studied American history understands that's really one of the bedrock principles the country was founded upon, right, was this notion of religious liberty. In fact, the people who founded the country were fleeing religious persecution. So it makes sense that they wanted to establish a new government that protected religious freedom. And so what's really important is that we continue to have judges and Supreme Court justices that understand that, appreciate that, and have the, the courage and the fortitude to continue to, to hold that up as the law in this country. So are, are you at all, or is First Liberty at all, concerned about the appointment of very progressive justices to the court? Judge Kentonji Brown-Jackson has a very progressive record, something we've covered on this show uh, a lot. So do you feel like the future of this court could be going in the other direction and religious liberty might be in great jeopardy in the coming years, decades, potentially? Well, there's certainly to be a lot, a lot to be concerned with, with uh, soon-to-be Justice Jackson's record. Uh, that, that, that's absolutely clear. And First Liberty did a lot of research uh, into her record on the lower court, both the Court of Appeals and the District Court. Uh, there's a lot to be very concerned with there. But let's keep the big picture in mind. You're replacing Justice Breyer, a liberal justice, pretty, pretty far-left uh, justice, and you're replacing him with another liberal justice. So it's, it, you know, um, you're, you're, you're getting sort of a one-for-one, one, right? Um, the biggest difference is now it's somebody who's much younger, so she's going to, you know, Justice Jackson will be on the court for many more years to come. Uh, and that's, I mean, to me, I, what I tell people is that's why it's so important to vote. Get out and vote during the elections, your local elections, as well as the presidential election, because presidents, I mean, President Biden himself said presidents come and go, but Supreme Court justices last for generations. And he's exactly right about that. There aren't that many things that I agree with him about, but I absolutely agree with him about that. And that's what we're going to have with Justice Jackson. So although you're replacing a a liberal justice with a liberal justice, so I don't feel like we're losing a whole lot there. It is, it is concerning that now, yes, we, we are going to have a liberal justice to contend with for, for you know, 20, 30 years plus, um, and that's what happens. And the threat <laughs> that's of... The our, that's the way our system is set up. And the potential threat of stacking the court, do you feel like that's more rhetoric than reality? Because they don't, I mean, they don't really have the votes to do that, or how do you see that? Uh, that is a threat that continues to rear its head, which is – I'm glad you brought that up. That's another area that First Liberty has, has really done a lot of research and analysis. Uh, there's an incredible amount of information about court packing on our website, firstliberty.org. The history of court packing, why it's such a bad idea from really an analytical standpoint. Um, and I predict that if, if the Dobbs case, the, the, the pro-life case, Coach Kennedy – and the Second Amendment case all come out the right way, right, in favor of, of conservative principles and the constitutional principles, um, I predict that we're going to see the left really ratchet up the rhetoric on court packing. And it's going to come down to what happens in the midterms and what happens in the, in the 2024 election. Because if they win, if they manage to keep both houses of Congress and if they manage to, to keep the White House – um, they've said themselves, their own words are nothing's off the table. Everything is on the table, which of course is there is, you know, it, it, that's a dog whistle for saying we're going to try to pack the court. So that, that's what I predict that will happen. 
if if the Democrats keep the Senate and the House in in the midterms, and if they keep the White House in 2024, we will see some effort to pack the courts. Yeah, but we got record inflation, wars and rumors of wars. We have uh, immigration that's out of control. I mean, I, even Democrats, even liberals are now, I mean, uh, really pushing back on the immigration policy. And you have the record lowest job approval rating for the U.S. president. I mean, do we really think they're going to keep control? Well, well, the way I look at that is we have no excuse, right? Those of us who, who disagree with uh, all the things that you just laid out, um, who, who are suffering from those things, uh, you have every motivation, every reason to get out, register to vote now well in advance, and get out and actually vote. Make your voice heard. You have a right in this country that people, millions of people around the planet would die and are dying for the right to have their voice heard. We have that right in this country. We will lose that right, along with many other freedoms like Coach Kennedy is experiencing, mm. if we don't exercise that right. So um, these are all things that, that, that we, we all complain about, we've all experienced and suffered from, from, from you know, for, to one degree or another. Then, then use that as motivation to get out and make a change. You know, get, yeah. get rid of the people who are causing these things to happen and put in people who, who are going to put in policies that you agree with and that are going to make your life better. Let's go back to Coach Kennedy for a second and just the, the general topic of uh, religious liberty. As, a, an, as an American, and I, you know, the fun saying as an enlisted Marine was USMC, you signed the mother bleeping contract. You know, we, we had this notion that we would give up our rights as citizens to become federal employees, essentially. Uh, but uh, do teachers, uh, are they no longer citizens under the U.S. Constitution? Uh, can they really say that you're not allowed to have any public display of religion? You can't wear your crucifixes. You can't kneel in prayer off by yourself. You can't even mention the fact that you have this faith. When we see teacher after teacher after teacher across this country cram their gender ideology down the throats of parents and students alike. Why are Christians the ones who are forced to keep silent? Well, I mean, you, you bring up a number of great points. So first, um, no, right? No, no American loses their rights in this country just because of the job that they happen to have or who their employer happens to be. And that's what the other side, that's what our opposing counsel, and I, and I, I should make note, the, the school district, Bremerton School District in this case, is not represented by sort of a typical, you know, what we would call a white shoe law firm. They're represented by an organization called the Americans United for Separation of Church and State. Hmm. So let, let's be clear about what the case is about. The other side's attorneys is called the Americans United for Separation of Church and State. That's what they're arguing for. That's what they, that's what they want. And they would want us to believe, and they want the court to agree that, yes, you do lose your rights. You lose your First Amendment rights when you decide to get a government paycheck. And my response is, show me where it says that in the Constitution. Show me where it says that in federal law. And guess what? You know, newsflash, it doesn't. It doesn't say it anywhere. And when it comes to the, you know, uh, our rights as Americans and, you know, and you mentioned you know, serving in the military um, – I, as a Marine myself, I'm sure you're familiar with this notion of, of military chaplains, right? Yeah. They wear the uniform of the United States. They are officers in the military, but yet they also perform a role as a religious leader and a clergy. And, that, and, and that's whether they're a Christian chaplain, a Jewish rabbi chaplain, 
a Muslim chaplain, a Buddhist chaplain, whatever the case happens to be, they are religious leaders and representatives of their faith groups. And yet nobody stops and says, yeah, well, they shouldn't be allowed to do that because they get paid by the government. Their paycheck comes from the government. And so, you know, it, it's it's ridiculous for the other side, for the school district, to try to make that argument, you know, against Coach Kennedy. That's what they tried to do. I think the court's going to reject it, and I think the court should reject it. Praise be to God. Attorney Michael Berry from First Liberty, firstliberty.org. God bless you. Thank you for your time today. We'll be praying for a great outcome for Coach Kennedy and First Liberty. Thank you for your time. God bless you. Have a great day. Thanks. Thanks for having me. All right. Praise be to God. That's going to do it for hour number one. Join us in the second hour if you can. Prizes are at stake in our game show. Fun times are had. Labs and everything else after show. All of which can be found on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt which by the way you can also sign up to our email list and possibly win a 300 dollars gift certificate from agard watches praise be to god so go to the website grnonline.com forward slash cdt god love you god bless you we'll see you back here tomorrow thank you for joining us on your catholic drive time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Each of us will be asked to review the movie of our life and give an account to God. We will sorrowfully relive the bad times and joyfully revisit the good. Thankfully, no matter what you've done, there is hope. Since Jesus came not to condemn the world, but to save it. So if you've been away from church for a while, we invite you to come home and find the peace that only comes from God. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org. Hi, this is Walter Crawford with Homeschool Connections, a proud sponsor of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Please save the date for this year's The Catholic Homeschool Conference. It's virtual, so you can attend from the comfort of your own home or from an in-person watch party in your local community. It's Friday, June 10th and Saturday, June 11th. Our theme this year is empowering you to homeschool joyfully. May God continue to bless your homeschool journey. More information is available at catholichomeschoolconference.com. Men, it's time. Moral relativism is growing and the soul of our nation is at stake. Nowhere is it more manifestly obvious than with the daily ongoing mass murder of abortion. As leaders, protectors, and providers, we must go first. In facing reality, taking responsibility, repenting for what we've done and haven't done, and resolving to do more. The opportunity is before us on Saturday, June 11th, the weekend before Father's Day in Tallahassee, Florida. We'll be gathering at 12 p.m. and embarking on a four-mile march of prayer and sacrifice that will culminate in a 2 p.m. rally at the Florida State Capitol. We welcome all women, children, and families to join us in standing up for the personhood of the preborn at the 2 p.m. rally. 
We're also hoping Governor Ron DeSantis will join us and assure us that he will lead on life. Join us June 11th in Tallahassee. For more information, go to themensmarch.com. I'm Dr. Katie Toe from San Faustina. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHA Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious, it's fun, it's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is uh, Thursday, April the 28th, 2022. It's going to be a great day. We just wrapped up a good conversation with Attorney Michael Berry from First Liberty about uh, a case before the Supreme Court for Coach Joe Kennedy, who was fired for 15 seconds in private kneeling prayer on a football field, a high school football field, after a game. 15 seconds got him fired, and now his case is before the Supreme Court. And it may actually come down at the same time as the Dobbs case, which is, like, mind-blowing to me. It's going to be an earthquake day. It's going to be huge. Ooge. It's going to be ooge. <laughs> Great conversation. You can find that uh, podcast on our website, which is now working again. Uh, so praise be to God. Nice. We, we, it was broke on Chrome and Edge, worked on Opera and... Firefox, but for whatever reason, Chrome and Edge weren't, weren't, weren't working out. But it is fixed now. It's working now. But by the way, you can always listen to our podcast also on uh, the Apple Store. Was that iTunes? You can listen on Google Play and Spotify. You can listen on our GRN, our Guadalupe Radio Network mobile app. It's free. It's amazing. You can listen to the local radio feed there. Get your contact information for your local GM. Get the podcast, the schedule, more, all on our Guadalupe Radio Network app. Search it in your app store. Download it today. Praise be to God. But if you're on the iTunes, leave us a review. We've got some great five-star reviews there. And as I say, you know, leave us the five stars, and then you can tell us everything you don't like in the commentary. Uh, that's perfectly legitimate and, and acceptable. But the five stars is what helps us reach a whole new audience. Apple will share this show with new people, strangers you will never know this side of the heavenly veil, because you left us a five-star review on the Apple iTunes store. So please consider doing that for Catholic Drive Time today. Uh, praise be to God. Coming up here in just one moment... I'm going to have a friend on the program to talk about a big game coming up this weekend. But tonight is the night that the South and Central Texas market of the Guadalupe Radio Network is having its Fishers of Men dinner. So I hear, I've told, been told, it's a sold-out event. Father Donald Calloway's given the keynote. It's going to be great. So everybody who's in the South and Central Texas area of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Congratulations on a sold-out event tonight. Have a great time. I'm sorry I won't be there with you. Maybe next time. Who knows? But uh, praise be to God. What a great thing. But let's go to the phones now. Uh, good morning to you, Father Preston Contella. Hey, Joe. Praise be to God. It's good to hear your voice. Now, for, for uh, dear listeners, just so you know, Father Preston is a fantastic priest in the Archdiocese of Galveston, Houston. Uh, a young man, he's, he's younger than me, but not by much, praise be to God. And uh, he is an, an ardent athlete, and he has inspired the diocese by putting together a, 
game, a basketball game between priests and seminarians, something he started when he was a seminarian himself. And, uh, and it's been growing. It's been amazing. And we have such a game coming up tomorrow night. Tell us about it, Father Preston. Yeah, Joe, it's uh, great to be on uh, with you this morning. But, yeah, it's going to be uh, the fifth annual priest versus seminarian basketball game at Rice University. And it's a way to evangelize not only Catholics, but just the, the population as a whole. And where people, it's a non-threatening event. So people, that's what I've been telling people is, yeah, if you have uh, strangers and friends who aren't Catholic or maybe on the fence of, like, you know, they probably wouldn't walk through the uh, doors of a church, but they'd go to a basketball uh, sporting event. Yeah, and so it, it's uh, and it's a good conversation starter. Uh, again, a way to evangelize and to share Jesus Christ uh, in that particular um, aspect. So, and, and even with all the the competition and the hype, the the bantering, the trash talking, even that can be a source of of evangelization in a sense. Of you know we see in sports going on today the lack of of charity the lack of uh, sportsmanship even and now at the end of the game regardless who wins it, we are gonna we shake hands we hug we take pictures because we're all fighting the same battles out there. Amen. Amen. It's a great game. And how many are you expecting this year? Uh, it'll be around four thousand people. Four thousand people. That's yeah. huge. That's it, amazing. It, it, it is. It's it's a uh, it's taken a great team to put this together. Uh, obviously, with the Office of Vocations and Father Richard McNeely are running the show now. But there's a whole lot of people, volunteers, just people excited about wanting to be a part of this event. And, you know, early on, uh, when I was planning this back in 2016, 2017, in our inaugural event, I says, "Lord, blessed Mother Saint Joseph, if you don't want this to happen, just destroy it right now. Just get it out of my life. Get it out of the Archdiocese's life. You know, if it doesn't bring glory to God, get rid of it." <laughs> Um, well, oh, here we are. It brings glory to God because we're on the the precipice, Father Preston, of a three-peat, a total sweep of the priests. I mean, we've won the seminarians. I say we. I mean, I don't, I'm not a seminarian. I'm not playing for the seminarians, but uh, <laughs> let's just say I'm going with the winners. You know what I'm saying? So they won the last two games straight. Now th yeah. we're on the precipice of a total sweep, a three-peat. And uh, it's going to be an amazing thing, and I get to be courtside to see that firsthand. So let me just ask you the most important question that you could be asked before your big game, because I know you're playing too, is how are you going to feel in that magic moment when you see the seminarians carry the trophy away for a third time? Well, then they come back to reality, and they wake <clears throat> up and say, oh, gosh, we lost. Shoot. Uh, alternative reality, you say. Well, the good the good news <laughs> hey. for the good news for me is you and I have a steak bet. You had to buy me one of yes, the best steaks I've ever eaten last year, uh, because uh, because the priest lost, and uh, we're going to do that again. We shook yeah. on it as men, yes, and uh, and I can't wait. I've I think I've already got the steak picked out. I know what I'm going to get, and you're going to want to save your your money. I don't know how much priests make these days, but. You're going to want to save up. It's going to be a great stake. I'm just saying. Hey, Joe, I have also here uh, with me Father Nicholas Ramirez. Uh, Father! His brother, as you as you know. Good morning. Good morning. His brother's playing it's, on the seminary team. And actually, this is bragging rights for all of eternity. So either Deacon Jacob <laughs> will be bragging or Father Nicholas will be bragging. <laughs> It's, there's, there's absolutely no sibling rivalry between us. Sure, zero. there's so, not. <laughs> so, you know, we're, we're just playing to have fun. 
you know, everyone's a winner, no matter oh, what. Oh, I'm you know. sure. You know, I talked to the, uh, I talked to the, <laughs> I talked to the head ref about this game, and uh, and he's like, listen, this is some of the most aggressive basketball I've ever had to ref. And uh, I said, well, how do you handle the fouls? He goes, I try not to. I try to let him work it out. They can always go to confession later. So uh, it's a great game. It's super high energy. And with 4,000 screaming fans in the room and at least one person rooting for the seminarians, yours truly, uh, it, it's going to be, and I'm louder than everybody, so it's going to be a great time. We're going to broadcast the game live uh, on across the or on the uh, local GRN station. But we're also going to stream it live right here on our YouTube channel and other places. Uh, Adrian and I are going to be there at the broadcast team tomorrow night, seven o'clock. Uh, where can they get details on the game, Father? HoustonVocations.com is where you can get the information. It has a, a link on there to buy tickets. It's got all the information about t- time at seven p.m. Rice University Tudor Fieldhouse. Uh, be tailgating beforehand, put on by the Knights of Columbus. Uh, if you still need tickets, there are tickets available. Uh, just, again, just visit HoustonVocations.com. All right, HoustonVocations.com. If you're in the Houston area and you want a good time, come to the game. Come hang out with us uh, Friday night at uh, Rice University. Praise be to God. Father Preston, can you give us your priestly blessing? Yes. May Almighty God bless you all, Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and remain with you forever. Amen. Praise be to God. Best of luck to you, fathers. Hopefully you're, you know, get your, your knees uh, all set up and ready to go. Your back, I mean, your walkers. I don't know. Whatever you guys, you old men need. But uh, it's going to be a fun game, and we'll see you tomorrow night. Praise be to God. God bless you. God love you. Have a great day. Right, God bless, Joe. All oh. right. Bye-bye. Praise be to God. A- Adrian, let's go to the chain of the day. The uh, saint of the day is St. Louis de Montfort. He was a missionary and born in Montfort on the 31st of January, 1673. From his childhood, he was indefatigable, devoted to the Blessed Sacrament. When he was of 12 years old, he went to study at the Jesuit school at Reims, and he never failed to visit the church before or after class. At the age of 19, he journeyed to Paris to go study, and on his way, he gave away all his money and clothes to subsist only on alms. He was ordained a priest at the age of 27 and for some time fulfilled the duties of chaplain in a hospital. At the age of 32, he found his true vocation and therefore devoted himself to preaching to the people. During his 17 years, he preached the gospel in countless towns and villages, and as an orator, he was highly gifted his language being simple but replete with fire and divine love. It often happened that Jansenists, irritated by his success, secured by their intrigues, his banishment from the district in which he was giving a mission. At one point, he went and they poisoned his cup of broth, in which caused him health impairments for the rest of his life. On another occasion, some of them hid in narrow streets, going to assassinate him, but he had a presentiment of danger and went by another way, avoiding his death. He founded two communities of sisters, the Sisters of Wisdom, who were devoted to them, to uh, instructing poor girls and working in the hospitals, and the Company of Mary, which is a composed of missionaries. St. Louis de Mumford is known for his particular devotion to the Blessed Virgin Mary and to the practice of the Holy Rosary. He also had a great devotion to the guardian angels, and he would write on his letters, I salute your guardian angel. He would also salute the angels of the cities where he would enter into. In November 1700, he joined the Third Order of the Dominicans and got permission to preach the rosary and to form rosary confraternities. 
Here's a quote to leave you with, St. Louis de Mumford. If priests and religious have an obligation to meditate on the great truths of our holy religion in order to live up to their vocation worthily, the same obligation then is just as much incumbent upon the laity because of the fact that every day they meet with, with spiritual dangers which might make them lose their souls. Therefore, they should arm themselves with a frequent meditation the life, virtues, and sufferings of our blessed Lord, which are so beautifully contained in the 15 mysteries of the Holy Rosary, end quote. He died on the 28th of April, 1716, and was canonized by Pius XII in 1947. St. Louis de Montfort, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The Gospel today comes to us from John chapter 3, verses 31 through 36. The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of earthly things. But the one who comes from heaven is above all. He testifies to what he has seen and heard, but no one accepts his testimony. Whoever does accept his testimony certifies that God is trustworthy. For the one whom God sent speaks the words of God. He does not ration his gift of the Spirit. The Father loves the Son and gives everything over to him. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever disobeys the Son will not see life, but the wrath of God remains upon him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Augustine said, There is a people reserved for the wrath of God and to be condemned with the devil, of whom none receiveth the testimony of Christ, and others there are ordained to eternal life. Mark how mankind are divided spiritually, though as human beings they are mixed up together. And John separated them by the thoughts of their heart, though as yet they were not divided in respect of place, and looked on them as two classes, the unbelievers and the believers. Looking to the unbelievers, he saith, No man receiveth his testimony. Then, turning to those on the right hand, he saith, He that hath received his testimony hath set to his seal. Close quote. St. Augustine. Seems like St. Augustine looked to his left and looked to his right and was looking for those who believed in Christ. Adrian, what did you find? Yes, real quick. The only thing I'm going to say, because not enough time to read Cornelius Alapide, is because today, you know, St. Louis de Mumford, and we're talking about eternal life, I highly recommend praying the Holy Rosary every day of your life, uh, saying that, praying and meditating on the 15 decades of the Rosary, 15 mysteries of Our Lady. St. Louis de Mumford spoke often about how Our Lady does not lose those that are her children, and those who pray the Rosary every day are her children, and will, re, will see eternal life. Will have, uh, they will pers persevere in all of the things that they try to uh, do that, that are pertaining towards eternal life, meaning you won't go to hell. Uh, so this is a great and wonderful promise that Our Lady has given to us. And Our Lady has promised that she will bless those who promulgate and preach the Holy Rosary. So uh, go out there and tell others to pray the Rosary. And you yourself take up the Rosary and pray your Rosary today. Amen.
Gotta turn the learn to turn the mic on. Amen. Praise be to God. All right, it is time to play our game. Fear and trembling, and the opportunity to win prizes is now at stake. You could win. All you need to do is make a phone call. You can call right now. The phone lines are open, and Rudy Carlos is standing by to take your call. Eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. If you've never tried, try now. It's fun and easy. 877-757-9424. That phone number is 877-757-9424. If it's been at least a month, call back. 877-757-9424. Be right back. Are there any basic rules for doing apologetics? 1 Peter 3.15 says, Always be prepared to make a defense. Always be prepared, Scripture tells us. How can we always be prepared to make a defense of our faith? Rule number one, pray. Pray to the Holy Spirit that He give you the courage to share your faith and the wisdom to choose your words carefully and profitably. Rule number two, you don't have to know everything right now. Learn a little bit more about your faith each and every day. Read Scripture. Read the Catechism. Listen to Apologetics tapes. Listen to Catholic Radio. Learn a little bit at a time. Rule number three, Luke 5 verse 10. Do not be afraid. Henceforth you will be catching men. Jesus said this to Peter, but he's also saying it to us. Will you make mistakes and get into tight spots when you start sharing your faith with others? Yes, of course you will. But Peter made mistakes and he got into tight spots. Yet Jesus told Peter not to be afraid. Why? Because if we are sincere in our desire to share the truth with others, to share Jesus Christ with others, then Jesus Jesus will find a way to make good come from even our mistakes. Rule number four, always view a question about your faith or even an attack on your faith as an opportunity, an opportunity to share the truth. Rule number five, don't get frustrated. Catholics often get frustrated by what I call the doctrinal dance. You get asked about purgatory, Mary, the Pope, sacraments, all in rapid fire succession. Before you can answer one question, you're asked another, then another. Just keep bringing the discussion back to one topic until you've said all you want to say, then move on. Rule number six, never be afraid to say, I don't know when asked a question about your faith. Don't try to wing it. However, always follow I don't know with, but I will find out and get back to you and make sure you do. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling, <laughs> the Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot, 877-757-9424. And now, your host... Joe Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show with secrets and agendas. But what we need most is a phone call. Phone lines are open, waiting for your call right now at 877-757-9424. First caller gets to be the contestant. So if you've never tried, it's a great opportunity. It's fun. It's easy. I promise. 877-757-9424. Or if you played, at least it's been a month since the last time you played, then try calling back. 877-757-9424. That phone number 
uh, ready for your call right now at 877-757-9424. And the way this game works is uh, and you got to promise not to tell anybody, right? I, I, want, I don't want you sharing my secrets or my agendas. Keep this in-house. And definitely do not be sharing what I'm about to tell you with uh, Project Veritas. It, just imagine if they put that out over the whole inter Internet. It would be terrible. All right. So we have uh, secrets and agendas. Number one, we like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions where you might learn something you didn't know before. Praise be to God. We like to have a laugh, a good time. We chuckle. We have a great uh, opportunity to laugh with you. And that's always fun. We enjoy that most. And then, of course, we give out prizes, which makes this a winner for everybody involved. But the kicker here is I have three Catholic trivia questions in front of me, and the caller does not need to know a single correct answer. They could get all of these wrong and still win the game. And that's because instead of asking them, I will ask Rudy and I will ask Adrian, one of which will be correct and the other will be incorrect. The caller will then have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whomst do they trust more? And every correct decision goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Joe, pick a card. Oh, no. Any card. Stressful. Is it the, I'm going to pick the, the wrong one. Is it the Ace of Spades? Probably. Well, I was right. Praise be to God. Our sponsor this week is Holy Playing Cards. Wow. Let's just imagine it. I'm you got in. your friends I'm over. Mm -hmm. Got your friends over. They're not Catholic. Yeah. Ooh. And they say, hey, why don't we play a game of, um, mm -hmm. I don't know, cribbage. Cribbage? What's the other game that you play? Anyway. Cribbage? You play holy, Cribbage? No. <laughs> holy playing cards are a fantastic way to cultivate an appreciation for the saints among your friends and loved ones yes. while enjoying your favorite card games. Or just imagine if Jehovah's Witnesses knock on the door. Hey, you want Come on in. Let's play some, some cards. cards. Yes. Let's do this. <laughs> the cards feature beautiful works of art representing 45 unique saints plus reverent depictions of mm. Christ for the King mm. of Cards. Amen. Let's restore the kingship of Christ in every heart, everywhere, in every nation. Please check out their website and get yourself a set at holyplayingcards.com. Holyplayingcards.com. Just don't make me pick up those 52 cards mm -hmm. in that horrible mm -hmm. game called mm -hmm. 52 Pickup. Amen. Holy Playing Cards, Batman. This is going to be fun. <laughs> I couldn't resist. It was just too long. It laying fruit. Holyplayingcards.com. <laughs> Thank you. You're very generous. We are grateful. Let's go to the phones. Uh, Conrad, good morning to you, sir. Good morning. Praise be to God, Conrad. Where are you calling from? San Antonio. Greatest city in the world. I agree. Are you born and raised there? No, no. Just, I've been here 17 years. So, oh, so close. You're very close, close to have lifelong been there. Uh, so praise be to God. Then you, you must be a Judson Rockets fan, I imagine. I mean, who isn't? I mean, it's kind of a redundant question, but uh, go Rockets. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> sure? That's Whatever makes you feel good, Joe. I'm not sure that's the res proper response. All right, Conrad, where do you go to church? St. Jerome's. Hey, St. Jerome's. Praise be to God. Great place. He's a good saint. I've been there. It's been a long time. In fact, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I lived near there when I was a little kid. Praise be to God. All right, Conrad, are you familiar with the game? Do you know how the, all this works? I am. Yes, very good. Then you know. You and I, we're on the same team here. It's mm -hmm. you and I against them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm on sure. your side. Don't I'm here to help them. you. Uh, okay? You trap. <laughs> Are you ready, Conrad? <laughs> Are you ready to do this? I'm ready. Let's I'm do ready. this. All right, here we go. We're going to start with Rudy, as is our custom, our tradition. 
our patrimony. Are we allowed to have this tradition, or should I check with the Home Office? Uh, the Pope said you yes. Got to get permission from Rome first. I was going to ask that. Okay, maybe that should be a, a trick question. All right, uh, Rudy. Good morning to you. Good morning, Joe. No green tie again today. No green tie, but I, I do have the trend a green here. shirt. I was so confident, I decided yeah. I don't need mm-hmm. a tie today. Whew. Wow. I talked to my therapist. The therapist said, look, you don't need the tie to feel calm. I said, okay. I said, all right, I'll try it. I'll try it. Right. Did he give you a hug after? I'm just curious. He did. He okay. said, it's not your fault. Percussive therapy. You try it. <laughs> all right. Uh, hey, Rudy, can you tell me, uh, this is a good question right here. Is sacrifice necessary to religion? Oh, Lord, I've seen what you've done for other people now. <laughs> I want that for me. South California oh, accent. Oh, glory, amen. No, Joe, works are not necessary. We are saved by faith alone, my friend. <laughs> why do you? Why are you talking that way? Glory, amen. That's weird. Okay. I, God told me that to Ooh. tell you uh-huh. I'm a prophet. Yeah. All right. So your answer is no. No. Okay. Uh, Adrian, good morning. Um I can't. I can't match that. <laughs> I'm hoping you can match that. That was high on my list, and I get you to match that. You All go. right. Can you tell me, brother Adrian, is sacrifice necessary to religion? Yes. Every religion requires sacrifice, whether it's the Catholic faith or the wokeism religion or sacrifice of itself. <laughs> Uh, every religion requires sacrifice. The church of first wokeism? I'm, I'm just curious. Yeah, that's right down the street, actually. It's like, I can the see it out the window. Church. It's like right, the church, right there. We used to call it the church of what's happening now. <laughs> oh, Boy, times have changed. Okay. I support the current thing. So your your answer is yes. Yes. I didn't see that coming. Uh, all right, Conrad. Is sacrifice <laughs> necessary? Adrian says yes. Rudy says no. 15 seconds on the clock. What say you, Conrad? Real quick, Adrian, yes. Oof, very confident in your response. Smart man. <laughs> well done, sir. Well done. Yes, in fact, sacrifice is necessary. We see that from the, from the very first pages of the book of Genesis, in fact. And it carries on throughout all of salvation history. All right. Praise God. You're in the, fir- you're in the cup. You could win. It's possible. But I'm going to say you can definitely double your chance on this next question. Super easy. We're going to go to Adrian. Adrian, Uh-oh. you're you're an expert on the saints because you read the saints every single day. I currently identify as a mm-hmm. hagiographical uh, expert. Okay. <laughs> Your preferred pronouns are hagiography? Hagiography expert. I see. Okay. Adrian, can you tell me what American mm. Catholic mm-hmm. was known as the Lily of the Mohawks? Mm, this is... This is a trick question. Is it? Because it was actually Venerable Mary of Agreda. Was it? Because she appeared in America. She wasn't actually American, though. She was French. Are you pulling a technicality on me there? Oh, I am pulling a technicality on you. I see. Okay, Mm -hmm. so the Venerable Mary of Agreda is your answer. Oh, yeah. Is that like in Pennsylvania? Agreda? It's in in France. Oh, okay. Uh, Hey, Rudy, can you tell me... What American Catholic was known as the Lily of the Mohawks? Well, uh, the only agreda I like to do is when I agreda some cheese on my pasta. <laughs> uh, the the Mohawk, or rather the Lily of the Mohawks, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is Saint Kateri Tekakwitha. Tekakwitha. Tekakwitha is what I is I that how you say, say Tekakwitha. Okay. Well, Conrad, is it Kateri Tekakwitha? As Rudy seems to think, or is it Venerable Mary of Agreda, as Adrian seems to think? 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Conrad, what say you? Somehow, somewhere, I think Rudy. 
Somehow, Somehow some way. <laughs> yes, sir. Isn't that a song? Kateri Tekakwitha, praise be to God, is not from France. So she's not automatic winner every time. <laughs> I'm teasing. Don't hate me because I, I love the French people. I mean, French fries are amazing. All right. Uh, it's a joke. It's a joke. I'm sorry. All right. Uh, you're right. You're in for two. We can go for three. This is a translation question. Back to Rudy. Rudy, can you tell me, or rather, can you translate for me, Lumen Christi? Can you translate it into English, please? Okay. So you're you're at the vigil mass. Yes. For, I believe, uh, Easter. Easter? <laughs> okay. And they're coming through the aisle, mm-hmm. and the priest is saying, mm-hmm. Lumen Christi, which means the light of Christ. He does that hey. three times. The light of Christ, like then that. he lights all the other candles. In the darkness, we have darkness. the light. Praise mm-hmm. God. I like this. This yeah. is good. Okay. Uh, let's just see what uh, Adrian has to say, though. Adrian, can you do me a favor and translate the Possibly. Latin Lumen Christi into English, please? Yeah, I, I like like what you're saying. You hear Lumen Christi. And then, and then whenever people uh, they hear that, they're recognizing, they're like, oh, that means Christ is risen, oh. which is why we celebrate it, say it at Easter. Huh. Nice. At the vigil? At the vigil. Wow, Conrad, is it Christ is risen, as Adrian says, or is it the light of Christ, as uh, Rudy seems to think? What is Lumen Christi? Conrad, what say you? Rudy, Lumen Christi, light of Christ. Sure, said, yeah! Duh. A perfect score, Conrad. Congratulations, sir. Thank you. You played well. You laugh well, too. We're very grateful to you. God bless you, Conrad. We're going to put you on hold, but have a great day. Thank you for playing our game. You'll have to tune in tomorrow to see if it's God's holy will that you should win. But uh, enjoy the rest of your day, good sir. Have a blessed day. All right. Praise be to God. That is going to do it for the radio side of our show. Thanks for having a laugh with us. Hang out with us in the after show. We'd love to chat with you more. grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi Chapel. Today we celebrate the memorial of St. Louis de Montfort. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. Oh, Trinity, oh, eternal unity, O God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit, ever one.
name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. Brothers and sisters, let us call to mind our sins, and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to, to Almighty God, God, and, and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what, what I have done, and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask the Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and to you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who will to direct the steps of the priest St. Louis along the way of salvation and of the love of Christ in the company of the Blessed Virgin, grant us by his example that meditating on the mysteries of your love we may strive tirelessly for the building up of your church through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. When the court officers had brought the apostles in and made them stand before the Sanhedrin, the high priest questioned them. We gave you strict orders, did we not, to stop teaching in that name? Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and want to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles said in reply, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus, though you had him killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to grant Israel repentance and forgiveness of sins. We are witnesses of these things, as is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they became infuriated and wanted to put them to death. The word of the Lord. The Lord hears the cry of the poor. The Lord, the Lord hears, hears the, the cry, cry of, of the poor. poor. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be ever in my mouth. Taste and see how good the Lord is. Blessed the man who takes refuge in him. The Lord, the Lord hears the cry of the poor. The Lord confronts the evildoers to destroy remembrance of them from the earth. When the just cry out, the Lord hears them, and from all their distress he rescues them. The Lord hears the cry of the poor. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and those who are crushed in spirit he saves. Many are the troubles of the just man, but out of them all the Lord delivers him. 
The Lord hears the cry of the poor. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. You believe in me, Thomas, because you have seen me, says the Lord. Blessed are those who have not seen but still believe. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, Lord. The one who comes from above is above all. The one who is of the earth is earthly and speaks of earthly things. But the one who comes from heaven is above all. He testifies to what he has seen and heard, but no one accepts his testimony. Whoever does accept his testimony certifies that God is trustworthy. For the one whom God sent speaks the words of God. He does not ration his gift of the Spirit. The Father loves the Son and has given everything over to him. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life, but whoever disobeys the Son will not see life, but the wrath of God remains upon him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In this morning's Gospel, we read the beautiful claim that whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. It's worth pondering what the word belief really means to us because sometimes we can take the notion of belief and look at it as merely being a kind of intellectual assent to a proposition and sort of leave out the part of action or the act of the will that corresponds to what one assents to in their mind. I always like that the word for the creed or credo in Latin, that it comes from a compound word from core meaning heart and do meaning I give. In other words, to say credo or to say I believe means I give my heart to that in whom I believe. So when we say I believe in the Son, I believe in God the Father, I believe in the Holy Spirit, that it's really meant to be our expression to say not only is this an intellectual ascent of my mind to say that yes they exist and I believe they exist but rather to say because they exist and because of who they are I give my heart entirely to them and this is really the dynamic meaning of, of faith and belief in Jesus and why belief in the Son is equivalent to eternal life if we give our life to the Son if we give our heart to Jesus then eternal life certainly awaits us. Today we are celebrating the memorial of St. Louis Marie de Montfort who was quite famous for his beautiful uh, true devotion to Mary by which he proposes to disciples that they would go to Jesus uh, through Mary. I always liked St. Louis Marie de Montfort would say that you know that our prayers and our intentions oftentimes they can be uh, slightly imperfect or a little bit impure, that sometimes we have stains of selfishness or egoism even attached to our intentionality or even attached sometimes to our prayer. 
and that when we go to Mary, she ultimately purifies those prayers and those intentions before presenting them to her divine son. He gave the beautiful image of a queen who receives a meager gift from a peasant, say something like an apple, and the peasant is trying to give the gift to the king. In and of itself, the apple is not particularly impressive to a king, but the queen takes the meager gift, she adorns it on a beautiful gold tray, which she then covers with beautiful flowers, and then with her own beauty, she goes and presents it to the king. And all of a sudden, that meager and that meager up looking much more pleasing and much more impressive. This is kind of the beautiful analogy that he gives for those who go to Jesus through Mary, that our Blessed Mother can take our prayers and she can help to perfect them and present them to her Divine Son as something altogether more pleasing than if we are to go on our own. And this then is a real gift to us that Jesus too has given us his Blessed Mother as a gift to help us come closer to him. I think in each of our lives, for those of us who have a devotion to Mary, we can probably point back to times where maybe some of our prayers weren't always that pure or that great, but that we could really trust that Mary made them something even greater. I know in my own life when I was a, a boy or a teenager as well, I used to play a lot of tennis tournaments, and I would ask Mary for help to be able to win my matches and I would make little pledges along the way. I'd say if I win this match I'll pray one rosary and then as the match would kind of stay close I'd say okay if I win the match I'll pray two rosaries and I would kind of keep on upping the ante until one time I remember I promised to pray 23 rosaries if I won the match and when I was shaking hands with my opponent afterwards victorious I wasn't sure whether to celebrate or to cry knowing how many rosaries I was going to have to be praying for that victory. But you know, one thing that I'm convinced of is that I know now it's probably not the most important thing to be praying to win tennis matches, but I'm absolutely convinced that our Blessed Mother took those prayers and that she used them for something much more closer, much more important, I should say, which is precisely uh, to help bring me closer to Jesus in my journey of faith. I think in that way, um, Mary really can take our prayers and turn them into something even more great and more pleasing to the Lord. And so today, my brothers and sisters, as we go forward, let us ask God for the grace that we would truly, in our act of faith, in our act of belief in the Lord Jesus, that we would truly give our heart to him and our life to him, and that we would always rely on the powerful intercession of the Mother of God, of the Blessed Virgin Mary, who can help us on our journey to grow closer to our Divine Savior. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters, filled with Paschal joy, let us pray more earnestly to God that he who graciously listened to the prayers and supplications of his beloved Son may now be pleased to look upon us in our lowliness. For the shepherds of our souls, that they may have the strength to govern wisely the flock entrusted to them by the Good Shepherd, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the whole world, that it may truly know the peace given by Christ, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For our brothers and sisters who suffer, that their sorrow may be turned to gladness which no one can take from them. 
Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For our own community and for all those joining us on radio and online, that we may bear witness with great confidence to the resurrection of Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. O God, who know that our life in this present age is subject to suffering and need, hear the desires of those who cry to you and receive the prayers of those who believe in you through Christ our Lord. Amen. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. The strife is o'er, the battle done. The victory of life is won. The song a triumph hath begun. Alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia. The powers of death have done their worst, but Christ their legions hath dispersed. Let shout of holy joy outburst. Alleluia, Alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and good of all his holy church. Receive, O Lord, we pray, the offerings placed on your altar in commemoration of blessed Louis de Montfort, so that as, as you brought him glory, you may, through these sacred mysteries, grant to us your pardon through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your heart. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation. At all times to acclaim you, O Lord. But in this time above all, to laud you yet more gloriously. When Christ our Passover has been sacrificed. For he is the true Lamb, who has taken away the sins of the world. By dying he has destroyed our death, and by rising restored our life. Therefore, overcome with paschal joy, Every land, every people exalts in your praise. And even the heavenly powers with the angelic host sing together the unending hymn of your glory as they acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, 
Sanctus Dominus Deus Abaot, Plenis Sunceli et Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy, and you never cease to gather a people to yourself, so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. For on the night he was betrayed, he himself took bread, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing, and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. mystery of faith when we eat this bread and drink this we proclaim your death until you come again therefore O Lord as we celebrate the memorial of the saving passion of your son his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven and as we look forward to a second coming we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your church and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself. Grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son and filled with this Holy Spirit may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, with St. Louis Marie de Montfort, and with all the saints on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth, with your servant, Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, the order of bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family whom you have summoned before you. In your compassion, O merciful Father, 
gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. To our departed brothers and sisters and to all who are pleasing to you with their passing from this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory. Through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow in the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who, who art in heaven, heaven hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, and graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church. And graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. On you stay, qui tolis peccatamudi, miserere nobis. On you stay, Quitolis peccatamudi, miserere nobis. On you stay. Quitolis peccatamudi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. An act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. 
since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. O Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldst come to me, but speak the word of comfort, my spirit healed shall be, and humbly I'll receive thee, the bridegroom of my soul. No more by sin to grieve thee, or fly thy sweet control. Eternal Holy Spirit, unworthy though I be, prepare me to receive him, and trust the word to me. Increase my faith, dear Jesus, in thy real presence here, and make me feel most deeply that thou to me art near. Let us pray. May partaking at the heavenly table, almighty God, Confirm and increase strength from on high in all who celebrate the feast day of blessed Louis de Montfort, that we may preserve in integrity the gift of faith and walk in the path of salvation you trace for us through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go and announce the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our Lady of the most holy trinity most holy immaculate virgin mary you are the mother of god himself you are the queen of all creation Keeper of heaven's treasure, you are our help and protection. Grant us your intercession and may. The prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking the ruins of souls. Amen. 
prayer of deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy that peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Spreading the splendor of truth. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Hi, I'm Father Chad Henry from the Archdiocese of